Welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. This is episode 930, my interview with Dr. Nima Ramani, and we're talking about how to cope with stress and anxiety. Enjoy. Dr. Nima, welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. How are you? I'm doing very well, sir. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. It's a bit of a sort of an overcast day here, but a lovely day nonetheless. Mm. Looking forward Beautiful. to our conversation, mate. Thanks for reaching out. Um, look, you, you, you do a, you're in a field of work that is uh, quite of interest to me. And I suppose, like all of us, I guess, if, we, if we're really honest with ourselves, many of us deal with stress, anxiety, and depression at some level, um, whether mm-hmm. that's personally uh, or through people that we know. And I can certainly relate to, to both sides of that. Um, so it's a really, you know, a conversation that I really enjoy getting into and learning new insights and things that, um, we can take away into our lives and and hopefully help us so we can live with more purpose, passion and, and happiness ultimately. So where do we start, mate? What, what, what's your background? I know you're a chiropractor by uh, practice, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, where do we start is the nervous system. We all want, uh, like, I mean, we got to go back and really understand uh, what it's all about. Uh, I have this picture of the of this globe behind me. This is kind of like a an image that I have. It's just a reminder. It's a picture of the Earth, the Earth rise from the moon. Okay. It's just a reminder that we're on a floating spaceship and we are going to die. <laughs> and um, if I that, just do the calculation, <laughs> yeah, it sounds a great place to start. Um, if we start at, with the end in mind, then we can kind of work backwards because that's really the secret to it all. Gotcha. And if I can re- rewind, if I can go, if I live to be 95 and I right now I'm 44 years old, that means that if I do the calculation that I have 18,000 days remaining. Right. And most of the time we are unconscious that this is going on we're unconscious that there's this many days and we're un- because of that unconsciousness we are unconscious of the fact that we have some level of agency if we are awake to be able to determine how those days are going to be uh with relationships how those days are going to be with purpose uh Ultimately, the, the end result, the end goal for all of us is to be able to look and, and ask these and answer these questions. Am I doing what I love, where I love, with whom I love? Yeah. And we all want the capacity to create a future like that. And unfortunately, we think we're in control of this, but the truth of the matter is we're not. We're not actually the ones in control. Is it fate or is it predetermined? It, excuse me, is it um, free will or is it fate and predetermined? And I found the answer to that. The answer to that is if I'm unconscious, I don't have the ability to um, have free will to create that future in the 18,000 days that I have left. Hmm. What has control over me is these unconscious complexes of basically the system that I was born into, the religion, the beliefs about, you know, what I should be doing with my life and what's possible for me and what I'm deserving of is implanted in me from my parents, from their society, from their religion, from from sociology. When I'm born, I, I have infinite potential, but 
then soon I then have to adopt the system in order to survive the system of government, the system of religion, the system of society that's around me that will tell me unconsciously what's possible for me. Yeah. And and not only that, plus all of my wounding from the past, the traumas, the traumas with a capital T, the big ones, and the little ones, the big ones which we all know about abuse and all of that stuff, but the little T's, which is, you know, that feeling of not being seen or heard. Because our parents, the, 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 the type of parenting that they were, that was predominating in the time that your parents and I, uh, y- your parents and my parents became parents was, it was all about, parenting was all about discipline. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Children are to be seen and not heard. And based on those beliefs, it was all about obedience. So it was pr- punishment. So good or bad good or bad so now here's what happens we go through this planet in this very limited time that we have unconscious of the fact that we are Mm. born into systems and matrices that aren't ours and number two we have because of these and the woundings of our parents we become then wounded and traumatized and are parented the way they are parented and all of a sudden from that perspective we fracture and fragment from our from our uh, authentic selves in service of being of of living with approval of other people hmm. of being accepted of being uh, a part of the of belonging we our biology is is geared towards abandoning our true authentic nature in service of attachment because if we don't have attachment to these primary caregivers and the systems and religion and society that we're born into we then isolate and then we die so we are we are programmed from a very young age to abandon ourselves to uh, to to become to wear a mask hiding our authentic selves so that we can have approval and then of course that's in childhood and then it carries forward in school and then we get into relationships and then we get married with all that shit happening unconsciously Hmm. so it's no wonder where we hit our 30s and 40s in relationships that don't feel fulfilling in jobs that in jobs that are like why am i doing this like i did all the right things that i was supposed to and still i don't feel fulfillment our bodies then start breaking down relationships start breaking down and now we face this crisis of identity which is absolutely makes sense because we're now faced with the reality that our entire lives we were asleep to all of that trauma and and intergenerational trauma and systems that hmm. we've been trying to buy into and then we wonder why we're so freaking depressed our relationships don't work our bodies are breaking down we don't know what intimacy is we have a mask on we are so freaking scared of what other people are going to think of us and we then don't know people will people call me and say I don't know who I am. I've been so busy pleasing other people that I don't really know who I am. Or they'll say, I've been trying to do, do, do and chase after this success and nothing I achieve ever takes away that feeling. I just need to constantly go, go, go and it's never enough. And welcome to the crisis of life. And so our work then, as a Jungian psychologist James Hollis says, the first half of life is a gigantic mistake. Our work is then to understand that we have not been the ones in control and then to 
reclaim personal authority so that the second half of life can be a life of our choosing, doing what I love with who I love, where I love. And that's mm -hmm. really the whole work of what I love that makes my heart sing in teaching people. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Nicely explained. Lots of depth in there too, which we uh, we need to get into. When you, when you talk about, because you said it earlier, um, you said, you know, as long as we're awake, and, you know, to, to people out there listening, what do you mean by this, you know, we're sleeping through our existence and, and being awake? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Sleeping through existence and being awake. Uh, basically awake to the fact that, all right, I, I realized that I was not the one in control. I realized that my... Uh, feelings of depression, my feelings of anxiety and all of that is because of a past event that hasn't been resolved and it's my wounded inner child screaming at me, uh, awake to the fact that the choices that I've made weren't actually of my choosing. They're actually unconscious patterns that I've been reliving. Freud calls it the repetition compulsion. We just unconsciously keep repeating what's been familiar. And it's that moment where you awaken and realize I, I'm not actually a victim hmm. to all of these things is that I'm not to blame. This isn't a blame game, but awaken to the fact that i'm now responsible that's the yeah. that's the the great awakening is that oh shit like i've been screaming for mommy and daddy to really see me and love me that get the love and i've been trying to find that in partners and trying to compensate that for that in the work the endless mindless rat race that i've been living was all because of my five-year-old self not feeling worthy of love that is a great massive awakening that's uh hmm. that's an invitation to heal that many people are now starting to awaken to the, the the need for and that's what i that's why i love this conversation so it's it's sort of uh raising your level of consciousness so those things that are unconsciously driving your life become more to the forefront so you're more aware and then can direct your life more purposefully to as you said authentic self yeah, I'm a big fan of Carl Jung. He says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you'll call it fate. Yeah. Let me say that again. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you'll call it fate. So what I do is I just walk with people on their journey to their healing. I, I went from being a chiropractor to realizing everyone's coming in with stress-related problems, their anxiety, their their you know, with an anxiety related issue, which is not an, it, it's, it's a fracture of the soul of the younger self wanting your attention, wanting you to rescue them when they fractured from themselves and wanted external validation. The anxiety is a call to action for you to return back to them and clear the guilt and the shame and all of that stuff. So the, 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 the really powerful opportunity is for you to shine a light on all of these patterns take a look at all of your resentments and all of the things, the traumas that you felt shouldn't have happened and really work through a process and find a guide to help you unpack it all and real and reconnect to the parts of you that you uh, kind of abandoned just so that you can be approved of and to find mm. him or her again and to relive your life honoring that younger part of you rather than rejecting it. Mm. Do you think this is just a, a part of life that we have to accept that it is what it is? 
Um, you know, we go through this, we find that, you know, guidance by society, religion, parents, upbringing, blah, blah, blah. We have that attachment just to get us started. Is that part of what we have to go through? This is the journey of life. This is the hero's journey. I mean, if you look at mythology, uh, have you ever heard of Joseph Campbell? Lee? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Joseph Campbell talked, he wrote, wrote a book called the, the hero with a thousand masks. He noticed that he looked at, uh, at, at mythology, at, at myths from different societies and all of, all of these myths from ancient traditions in religion, scripture, you name it, mm -hmm. the, the hero of the story followed a certain predictable path where it started off they had an ordinary world where they had the daily life and then something happened there was a, a calamity that was a call to adventure where it was calling on the hero to uh, you know because of a pain that old world never um you know, was no longer. And they had to now go through a journey, you know, usually in the forest or underwater or into the mountains where the hero, the protagonist of the story, i.e. you, have to go through a process where you, of self-discovery, of facing your worst fears, mm -hmm. of looking for what, what your bliss is, of exp exposing your shadow, your darkness, and the death of an old identity must happen in service of a rebirth of a new identity where you create. So this yeah. is what we all must go through. Uh, this is your journey through life, is your hero's journey of reconnecting with those uh, younger parts of you that were traumatized, that were forgotten, that were abandoned, and relive and and reparent that that younger that younger self. Yeah, so we have to go through that adventure and and have those lessons and learnings and uncertainties and courage and all that sort of stuff along the way to build a better, more authentic life. Um, and the other and, part and, to it, sorry, you go. And sorry, sorry to interrupt. And on that journey, you're experiencing tests. You're going to experience enemies and allies. And yep. then you'll find, if you're following mythology, you'll find a guide along your path as you cross that threshold of the old world into a new unknown. You're going to have enemies. You're going to have tests and trials and tribulations. And also along this path, you will find a guide. And so the cool part about it is now that I've gone through my own iteration of the hero's journey, I get to be the guide for others in that path. And so that path shows up as divorce, any type of a crisis, coronavirus, who am I, a career crisis, you get fired. When the rug gets pulled out from under you and you're like, I don't know who I am, mm. I love playing the role of that guide for people back into finding who they are mm. so that they can return home uh, the hero in the journey. Yeah. So that's the part of the joy of the journey, I think. Um, and I've got a question on that. But the other part to it I see is that as human beings, we seem to um, just desire this constant um, need for upgrading and progression, and which is why we can never find that level of satisfaction and fulfillment because we think we can get there. And just as we get there, we realize it's not enough. And so we go for that next thing. Yeah, it's a new cycle of growth. It's a new cycle of growth. Yeah, we. That's something that's never going to stop. Like it's. 
No, it, there's a there's a deep desire within you as the universe is expanding. The universe is expanding, right? We're literally in an expansion phase from the Big Bang. It's like we're expanding. So there's a call because we're we're animated parts of the universe. We are universal particles ourselves, right? And so because we're universal particles, there's a call to us to expand along with it. So if you're in your relationship, if you're in your business, in whatever area of your life, Lee, if you're not feeling an expansion, then there's this anxiety that's created because there's a calling within you to expand with the universe. So the expansion mm. requires your growth, requires learning new skills, requires requires you shedding your old identity of who you thought you were in mm. service of becoming this new thing. And we go through this again and again. I just found the methodology <clears throat> to be able to uh, to to dance through that process rather than it be so so much of a struggle so yeah, that's okay that's what the process that i uh, kind of created is all about oh we'll get into that process in a sec so this this whole hero's journey etc and that constant need for expansion is is stress depression and anxiety just a part of the process then or is that something that's um hindered because of the way society is set up because of the systems that we're born into and then brought up by can you ask that in a different way? So going on this journey, you could understand that, you know, it's an adventure. It could be exciting, but in many aspects, it's probably very uh, scary for a lot of people. Where oh. does this stress, anxiety, and depression come from? Is it because it's, it is that unknown? It's that uncertainty? Or is it because we're not allowing that journey to happen? Well, first and foremost, any stress is... Uh, stress in and of itself is a resistance to what is. Okay. So yes, we're not allowing. So anytime I'm experiencing a stress is because I'm judging the moment for what it is and I'm not allowing it. So in a big picture perspective, yes, that's what stress is. Mm -hmm. Stress is my resistance to what is. Uh, and it's also <clears throat> an inability to adapt to a never-changing environment. Yeah. And that's really what it's about. And the best way to adapt is to realize that whatever's I'm experiencing in the moment, I love teaching people whatever I'm experiencing in the moment is not actually what's happening in the moment. It is a transference of a past iteration of me, a past version of me. These feelings that are coming up, these stories, these meanings that I'm making out of whatever conflict you're going through with me that's in, that, that I'm stressed about is actually a 15-year-old version of me, a five-year-old version of me who had conflict with his father. You you and I are talking right now and all of a sudden, let's say your voice raises and you start screaming at me. My body goes into this fight or flight reaction. It's not because of this moment. It's because in my body, there is wounding from when I, my, father would hmm. when my father was would raise his voice at me. So when you raise your voice, I'm experiencing my eight-year-old self like cowering from my father who's in rage. Yeah. So what happens is the stresses we're going through right now are triggers for past unresolved parts of us that are waiting for us to go back and resource. And when you learn how to do this right, you're able to take whatever trigger that comes in front of you and turn it into deeper connection with yourself. Whatever conflict that comes to you, you're able to turn it into deeper intimacy and heal relationships emotionally regulate connect to purpose and then find intimacy where you had complete breakdown 
And that's what the tools are all really all about. I call it becoming trigger proof, not trigger less. That's really the, the, the skills that we can learn now is to take that stress and turn it into fuel and become more resilient with more capacity to adapt. Okay. So is this the overview method that you're talking about? Correct. Yeah. Do you, do you mind walking us through a bit of yeah, this? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> essentially, it's every trigger that you're going through is mm-hmm. something from the past. So if you could come up with... So what's just to find the trigger for a sec? Okay, a trigger is when your nervous system gets activated by something that happens in front of you. So let's okay, say you Like get you cut said off. before, I start yelling, the, right. that's the trigger. Let's say you're driving, okay? Yeah. Let me give you an example. You're driving in your car and all of a sudden somebody cuts you off. You're naturally going to get triggered. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Well, because in our biology to experience being rejected, to experience being ignored is akin to not having our reality validated. How Mm -hmm. often in your life, Lee, did you have the experience of not feeling seen or heard? Often enough, I suppose. (laughs) Right, as a child is very common uh, you know, if you got in trouble, you, you, somebody as an adult wasn't seeing your side and you felt your reality wasn't validated. Well, guess what? When you get cut off, there's a younger part of you that comes up. And so the overview method is just a, a, it's an active meditation where you take a sacred pause and take whatever you're triggered by and go into your body and feel it fully, which is the first step. Number one, feeling it in the sensation without explanation. That's so obviously when you're driving and someone cuts you off, you're not going to go into a, a bit of a meditation not at that state. Moment. But I, but as I, as you practice, you become, you know, unconsciously competent with this methodology. Yeah, yeah. You're able to feel things as they happen. Instead of reacting, you've now expanded that space between stimulus and response. And now instead of uh, acting outwards, you can go inside instead of externalizing the trigger or the, act, the nervous system activation, you go inside and you get curious. I wonder how old I feel at this moment. You ask the question, how old do I feel? And you're able to sit there. And because you've practiced this, you don't have memories of your, a lot of people don't have memories of their past explicitly. But mm. when you go into a feeling and a sensation, all of a sudden you'll have an earlier memory pop up. And now that exposes your eight-year-old self who was being screamed at from your father or whatever that comes up for you, or there was abuse or neglect or trauma or whatever you experience. And you now have the ability, once you've gotten this right, you've practiced, you can go into that moment and feel the feelings of that little boy and actually experience it again and realize this magical space of duality that you were unconscious of at the time is that you never had uh, – Uh, support you never had a challenge without a support you never had if you had one parent that was the tyrant you had the other parent that was the overprotector if you had uh you were bullied at school uh so you were you know you were bullied hardcore at school you usually had parents that were overly protective you never had the one side without the other and so this methodology gets your body present to the fact that you had two sides experienced at that moment and once you've done that you would what's happened is you've integrated the shadow and you've now built some resilience and now you do what's called reparenting where you have a conversation with that younger part of yourself and you as though it was your own child what would you say to them and this is a magical moment. If no, if you haven't ever done inner child work, 
two years ago, if you told me I was talking about this, I would have thought you were nuts. <laughs> but inside of us, we are we are little children in adult bodies. And you can tell if you've ever got into an argument with an adult and then you've seen them act like a little child or you're wondering, why is my parent, why is my 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 partner uh, so such a child right now you're acting like a child you're absolutely right because when you're triggered you regress back to that younger part of you and so now you're able to see and observe yourself and see that that's not really you that's just a triggered part of you so you're going to go and now resource that and start to communicate and what's called reparenting which is giving the child the parent becoming the parent to the child that you never were able to have because your parents were misattuned your parents were too much in their stuck traumas to be able to really see and hear you and validate you so it's the art of self-validation so you don't have to be seeking it externally and the results are absolutely incredible we have people healing uh, physical ailments like this one woman who had this anxious picking you know skin picking thing and others will pull their hair and these little ticks that uh, that we do in, in anxiety because of anxiety mm. we realize it's just the younger part of us that are just, just wants to be seen and when you give them that they don't start acting out in this childish behavior and so so many things change when you reconnect with that younger part of you you feel self-confidence you uh, you're not so needy of approval of other people you stop these codependent patterns in your relationships you then show up as a functional adult because you've now reparented the wounded inner child within you do you do you always need a trigger to to sort of stop and allow that feeling process to happen like i mean i could have a nervous tick or something that i do like um picking my fingernails for example um i don't know if there's a trigger for that or if it's just something that i do because that's just what i you know do well Essentially, it's what you do. It's a distraction from some sort of like any type of like a tick or an addiction or or biting nails is a response to anxiety Hmm. because we're trying to distract ourselves from feeling something. Anytime we have a compulsion, compulsive behaviors, these things that we can't stop doing, our obsessions, our compulsions, these addictions that happen, it's because we don't want to feel. Okay. So we distract ourselves. So those are all byproducts of it. Uh, of so this even a, even a reaction to that car pulling in front of us, where we start screaming and yelling at that car, and of course they can't hear us. Is is that is process of, of is an old wound? Any resisting you have, that feeling. Right. Any time you have right, a reactivity, okay. whenever there's reactivity, there's a wound. Let me say that again. Whenever there's reactivity in any form that's disproportionate i mean for like i mean if you took care of the the wounds of your childhood about that feeling of not seen feeling of not being heard feeling of being like ignored which mm. is what all of those feelings come up when you somebody cuts you off in, in a you know and in, in, on the road if you took care of that part when somebody starts to unknowingly unconsciously cut you off in all you do then you just hit that brake, slow down, and then you allow them to come instead of the reaction, which is, fuck you. How dare you not see me, you asshole. And you make up this entire story based on that old wound. Yeah. Whereas when you take care of the wound, you're like, oh, he's unconscious. He doesn't know I'm there. 
and I'm just going to slow down and let him in. So now, now, instead of making the whole thing about you and playing victim from a past event, you're now just resourced and you see the, the event for what it is. Somebody who's unconscious, who probably was in their head and probably was late and, and they just didn't know you were there and that's it. You don't make it about your unworthiness. Yeah, nothing personal. Exactly. People say, don't take, Lee, stop taking things so personal. It's like, oh, I just got to remember not to stop taking things so, so personal. Well, it's not a remembrance. I got to stop remembering because the memory is in your body. It's mm. all personal. From the age of zero to eight, everything is about you. We are in an egocentric state. Your parents will get divorced, but then it'll basically be, oh, it's because I'm not enough. You, your, your mother cheats on your father, and it's about their relationship. But then when you'd find out as a 10-year-old, 12-year-old, of course, the conclusion you're going to make is, oh, it's because I'm not worthy of love. Everything is about us as an egocentric, childlike state. So yep. when we get triggered, everything becomes about us. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So the first step is is really grabbing that feeling past, understanding when those triggers pop up so you can then make the time to pause. Now, I've got an example for me personally. Perfect. Let's do um, it. And I sometimes, and I don't know what it is, and I've never really probably given it the time to, to really go within, but every now and then in, in group scenarios, I don't know what it is, but I sort of I get I freak out and I right. feel like I become a little bit hot and a bit sweaty. Um, and it takes me like a little bit of time to, to get over it. And I just can't focus on what I was doing. I can't relax. I can't be myself. There's just this, this sort of reaction that comes and I don't know what exactly triggers it other than it's usually when there's a group around me and the attention seems to be suddenly on me. Yeah. Well, basically (laughs) what's happening, Lee, is there's probably a teenage version of you in there that was in front of the classroom in school, right? Mm. So I never liked public speaking. Okay, so here's what I'll do. So go to a time recently, Lee, where those symptoms came up when you were around people, which is most people would call it, you know, you got some social anxiety going on, Yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. go to a time recently where you, you had felt that coming up. Yep. Okay, now, in that moment where I you didn't... Yep. Okay, in that moment where you didn't feel that safety, go into the body and feel that what comes up for you. What's the feeling? If you can just go into your body, what comes up for you in that moment? See, it's so hard because I'm trying to think back to this this moment. And I guess this is good because my question to you was, you know, how hard how is it we- for people to really go within and, and find that feeling? Right. It's extremely um, hard because... Yeah. You're, you're so – it's weird because what's happening right now is um, you don't want to go in there. So I'm trying to protect my ego. Your ego mm. – yeah, your ego is going to try to come up with stories. Oh, I can't. I'm thinking like I can see it right now. It's very difficult. That's why you need a guide. Yeah. So yeah. this is what happens constantly. I'm like, okay, Lee, I get it. I understand the story. Mm. Can you go into the body and to, to the feeling? And that is completely icky to you. This is the greatest epidemic of humanity yeah. right now is the inability or the unwillingness or the fear of actually going into your body and feeling it. That Has that always practice. been the case, but that, that ability to go in there or is it because nowadays it's we really terrifying. don't have that, that silence. We don't have 
Both. the ability you know we're not out there in nature we're stuck on machines we're stuck well, on the phone and we do everything we can to distract ourselves from sitting in our feelings and our is thoughts more, more prevalent right? than ever and so when i say go to that moment and mm. say what's the i am statement you're making in that moment about yourself when you're seeing all these people around you what would you say it's going to take some vulnerability and courage to go there but yeah, this is how you heal it so i i know how i felt and i felt like oh shit Actually, I don't really know how I felt. I felt like, oh, shit, what's going on? And then suddenly, what was the intention of, of going there in the first place was gone. And it was all about me, I suppose. What are what are, what are are people going to think of me? Uh, do I look, am I th- saying the right thing? What are, what, you know, everyone's looking at me. They're not going to like me. What is the... It's just what's that the- whole attention thing and, and feeling like I'm in a space where something's going to be seen that maybe doesn't want to be seen. Ah, exactly. Because but if it was I don't know seen, what that is. Like... Right. Because if you were truly seen, then what would happen? Yeah. And maybe that comes back to, you know, the, like you said, when I was in a teenage year and public speaking and uh, similar scenarios. Like I always hated getting up there on stage. And I'm, I'm now actually quite good at getting up on stage and doing public speaking, but I've got to be right in the mindset, you know, like I went to right. Toastmasters and learned it and I'm actually quite good up there in, in front of a public audience, but right. whatever but the reason is, setting, but in that but in a social, social setting, setting where I'm not prepared and uh-huh. suddenly all attention is on me, right. I freak out like I don't actually know what I'm doing. Maybe there's then, something that I'm And I'm then what's going to happen? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to be seen and then what's going to happen? Yeah. I am what? I am what? <laughs> I don't know. People will see me, and if they see me, then what? They'll know more. They'll know more about me, and then what will happen? If people really know the real me, then what? what's the risk? Ah, what will they think of me, maybe? Right, exactly. It always comes back to, you know, I, I'm. if they see the real me and they reject me, then I can't really be okay with myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm not enough. Hmm. So okay. if we just keep going, we're not doing a session right now, but this is basically what it all comes I can, down to. I can see you getting excited about it. Right. <laughs> what it all comes getting... down to then is, you know, like, when did you experience that the first time? And so what's so happening is- you've got to try is, and get back to a point in time where- Well, you just said it in school and all of that stuff. And you had those experiences with public speaking and- the attention being on you and you didn't do very- yeah, as But it must go deeper expect- than that, yeah? Like, I mean- it should, it could exactly, yeah, but the thing deeper. is, is that we'd have to go into a session to do it. It's yeah. much deeper, but yeah. you got to actually be willing. Right now, you've got a lot of like you feel like you're on the spot right now, and we didn't come in here with that intention. So you're not going to be open to to finding it. Your yeah, ego, yeah, yeah, plus sure. you're a guy, and yeah. it doesn't feel like you've done a lot of this type of work. So your your like your ego is actually blocking it, right? So it takes. So when surrender. you're talking with your your clients that you're working with, right? Is this a process that you go through like a couple yes. of sessions, or it depends on the person and the trauma 
could be many, many sessions, I suppose. Well, see, the thing is, is that the question is, what is it that you're, what is it, what is your, what is the outcome that you want? Yeah. Like everybody, everybody comes to me with a different outcome. So let's say you're going through a divorce right now and uh, you're separated or you're in a relationship where you're stuck. You don't know, you know, what you want. What we'll do is we'll say, all right, well, we'll work over the next three to six months mm -hmm. to get the outcome where you can actually say, yes, I'm ready to leave or yes, I'm ready to go all in. You're in that limbo state. You don't know who you are. You're like, mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. what to do. You know, you're in that space. So it's going to take us several um, revisits of different past events that you got to re we recontextualize over time where you learn the methodology of just sinking back and going into your feelings and accessing the younger part of you and rewiring and rechanging the story in your nervous system to add new new layers upon connections of neural networks yeah, yeah, yeah. that that tell a different story than I was 13 years old I hate public speaking I was not good enough and that 12-year-old version of you, Lee, is still very much alive with you today. Mm. And he's showing up when you go into social settings. Yeah. yeah. So so if you came to that me and you bastard, said, eh? yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's happening is if you came to me, I would say, all right, well, what what is the outcome that you want? Well, I want to be able to go to social settings and not have to have like panic attacks or just go into the washroom and splash water on my face just to get by. I don't want to have like these these panic attacks when I get mm. into public places mm. and then I'll be like, okay, great. We're going to revisit that younger part of, we're going to re the, the, the work over periods of, you know, three months, six months. And usually it takes a while to yeah, reconnect with that would. part of you. Um, we'll take several iterations and practices. And what I do is I train you how to do it for you. Yeah. So I'm just a guide that helps you. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychotherapist, psychiatrist. I'm just a guide that shows you how to reconnect when you feel those sensations when you go into public places, how to actually stop, pause, and then go inside and self-regulate yeah. so that you can show up more calmly. So in that, that practice, obviously, in that scenario where you walk in there, because it's quite unannounced, and then that panic attack or... And that's probably Boom. what it is, really, some sort of panic attack. It's a panic attack, um, yeah. And, it's and a mini that, panic I mean, it's, attack. It's, it's unannounced. So having that practice built up would then, when that does pop up, maybe right. I would be able to, even though it, it won't be a drawn-out process, I'd be able to sort of pause quickly internally. Exactly. You'll be like, yeah, I can go to that party because I trust myself to deal with whatever emotions come up. This is basically the, the, mm. the art of emotional regulation that you never really learned. You learned by watching your parents regulate their emotions. And yeah. so this is, it, it's a skill you don't actually, we don't actually learn, but it's probably the most important skill you can learn in business and in personal life. And now what we're seeing is people's health transforms when you learn how to emotionally regulate it all you starts You say there. emotionally regulate, because that's something interesting and again, just looking at the emotions that I wear on my shoulders, that's the sort of person I am. And perhaps in those situations, um, that's where the emotions can really come to the forefront, which I'm maybe trying to oppress. Exactly. Yeah, Pretty yeah, somewhere. 100%. It's 100%. Any feelings that you are trying to suppress yeah. show up as anxiety. That's what anxiety actually is. Anxiety is suppressed emotions. a distraction for guilt, shame, resentment. Yeah. That you've been suppressing for months to years. Yeah. And to heal it, it takes you resourcing and resurfacing with those parts of you.
So I can see the benefit of having someone like yourself as a guide to really sort of walk you through that process. But is there anything that we could do um, listening here, myself, the audience listening out there to, I mean, do you give a practice of, hey, meditation or something like that? Yeah, to, yeah. To I, have a, that? I have I have, a, uh, I have seminars that I basically walk you through teaching you how to uh, kind of self-regulate and internally, co- it's called, inter- I call it internally co-regulating, which is... Uh, helping to regulate and soothe the inner child within you. So mm-hmm. I do these workshops and I uh, teach breath work. So it's a lot of really getting consciously connected to your breathing, learning. It's it's basically learning how to rewire your nervous system in 90 days to six months. Yeah. Um, it takes time. It takes time to practice. But I have these online events uh, and uh, I have a Facebook group where I train you you know, just by following along, you can learn how to change the focus of your attention and and to be internally rather than reactive externally. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I have so a training there. I'm I'm giving you there. Uh, we've got the a link, link here, don't we? The link yeah. there with the uh, promo code. Anybody who's listening that really wants to learn the specifics, it's a yeah. 90 minute training that teaches you the steps. Yeah, and cool. uh, the promo code is right there in the in the in the show notes. I, I'll stick that uh, in the show notes, guys. Yeah, that would be a that would be a great place to start to learn. Cool, man. So, did we miss anything? Of oh, there's probably a lot we've missed, but in that um, the overview method, understanding the feeling, is there anything you want to just finalize there before we move into a couple of quick round questions? Yeah, it's uh, basically the net result of this work is breaking the cycle of intergenerational trauma. Um, if you don't take this on, what happens is we pass on those beliefs, those limiting beliefs and the traumas with the capital T and the small t onto our kids. All Mm. of the things we're anxious about and our anxieties, boom, they get downloaded to them. And by putting up your hand and saying, it didn't start with me, but it ends with me, is the work. You can heal future generations and past ones by taking on this work. Yeah, yeah, cool. Like it. All right, I've got some questions for you, Dr. Nima. Any routines or rituals that you believe help you with your success in life? Yeah, um, meditation. I've yeah. There's many forms of meditation. This what meditation. What does yours look like? It, 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 exactly what I just described is that process of getting into your body without any judgment yeah. uh, and then going back and communing with the younger parts of you. So I do a lot of inner child with my meditations is what in what I teach. Um <clears throat> and uh, getting up and journaling, really writing your thoughts, share, counting yeah. your own wins. Really, each and every day, the, the, the power of just going, what are the three to five things that happened today that moved me closer with my, to, to my vision? Yes, but um, you know, and acknowledging that is very, very soothing to your nervous system, uh, and yeah, meditation, exercise, journaling, uh, and listening to my mission statement. And embodied and dropping it into my body is probably the best, the best thing that I've done. Yeah, that I can like do it. daily. Couple of very good practices there. What or oh, how do you define success? How do I define success? Is when I lay my head at, to, to bed at night, do I feel fulfilled with the contribution that I made? Because okay. I thought it would be shiny new objects, and I would get them, and I'd be like, okay, well now that's a new normal. So what what what's the point? Now yeah, I got to yeah. get more shiny new things. Uh, but if I can go to bed at night, looking back on my day going, did I contribute? Did I make a contribution? Hmm. And when I, when I can say yes, then I'm like, yeah, that was a success. Yeah, nice. 
And how, um, oh, sorry, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Mm. Um, it's not about you. Yeah, it's a good one. It's not all about you. It's you don't really realize that. Probably I don't think I still have realized that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I got to remind myself that every day, actually. Yeah. <laughs> my, tw- my 44-year-old self, Nima, it's not about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, if someone was, if you were to be served your last meal, what would you request? Oh, a Persian kebab. A Persian kebab. What's a Persian kebab? Uh, kebab uh, Persian food is probably the greatest thing you've never tried before. Uh, and <laughs> the next biggest I'm trend. Sure, I'm not sure if you have it over there in the Sunshine Coast, um, <clears throat> but uh, it's uh, like a barbecue. It's very much like Greek food. It's a mm. barbecue uh, of skewered. Uh, beef and rice and it's just my comfort food it's what i grew up with so uh persian kebab is like my last meal if i was okay. on death row so it's like meat on a stick sort of skewered with rice yeah with it's rice, pretty yeah. amazing all right that's on my menu for this weekend cool uh what book or one book would you pass down to future generations oh the book the miracle morning by hal elrod that talks oh, yeah. about uh, have you read that yeah, I've had him on the show actually. And oh, wonderful! Yeah, 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 wonderful. Uh, just an amazing book that just sets your entire day up intentionally. It's one of the most transformative books that you could read. It is a good book. All right, we'll stick that in the links. And um, if you were to give advice to someone looking to make change, what would um, one bit of advice be? Mm. Start to do inner child work. Start to learn how to breathe. People ask me all the time, what, where do I begin? Where do I begin? And I had to answer that question and I made it super duper affordable for people to answer that. Like, everything's a mess. Where do I begin? Well, it all begins with changing your relationship with the universe through your breath. Yeah. When you're breathing. So I, I do a training on breath work and inner child meditation because that's the place to begin the journey. Yeah, nice. If uh, what gives you the greatest sense of joy? Um, what makes my heart sing is healing families. Yeah, healing family dynamics. To have That's somebody in our call who hasn't spoken to his fa- her father in eight years heal that. Another one who had her ex husband on a restraining order and she was really conflicted, and they have five children struggling in the whole dynamics between them. And she finally got to the point where she healed and was like forgiving everything and drop the restraining order and and the kids with their anxiety problems was reduced tremendously just by taking on that work heal a healed family happened there so healing families makes my heart sing lovely lovely do you believe we all have a a hidden why or purpose uh yes and it's hidden within our pain Hmm. If only we're willing to uh, go there to uh, dig it up and to process it and integrate it properly. Without processing and integrating your pain, you've disconnected yourself from your purpose and your why. Hidden within the pain. I do like that. Yeah. Your why is hidden within your pain. Okay. And the and final... So, so few people are have the courage to go there. Well, that's a, the problem, isn't it? But um, mm-hmm. yeah, conversations like this, hopefully... Uh, give a little bit of courage to waken people up to, to go there, um, give them the motivation. And my final question for you is what, what do you believe is the underlying motivation behind everything you do? Uh, 
to be seen and heard <laughs> and loved. Mm. <laughs> if I can be honest, my when I was two years old, I uh, I had an experience of trauma, separation anxiety from my mother, who uh, I have a twin brother. They came to Canada for three months as a two-year-old boy. I mm. was disconnected from my twin brother and my mother, and that pretty much shaped the nerve, the neurology of my entire. Uh, my nervous system and it had me not feeling seen not feeling heard uh, having a wound with the feminine so it shaped the the with the, the partners that I chose uh, women that I were weaker the women that I would never worry that they would ever leave me and um, I started acting out and started becoming really good at public speaking and teaching and performing and so because deep down I was that little two-year-old boy that really wanted to be seen and heard and so that was pretty much driving the underlying motive behind all of my behavior until it got to a point where I became super successful and I had this massive fall from grace. And as a result of that, I realized that I was unconsciously motivated by wanting to be seen and heard by mm. others. And so when I took the time to really give that to myself, I still have that part of me that wants to be seen and heard just like anyone else and acknowledged and understood because I didn't feel that I had that growing up. Now, aside from having that part of me, I have this deep desire to have other people feel seen and heard as well hmm. and to give them tools to, to transform. So now what's, what's happened as a result of my own inner work is this little boy that wants to be seen and heard is still a part of me, but now it's added on to this, it's, it's emerged this functional adult, highly functional adult who really wants to help alleviate suffering for other people who've been through the exact same experience and to have them feel seen and heard probably possibly for the very first time and to give them the tools to give that to give it to themselves yeah thanks for sharing man so cool yeah Dr. Nima, pleasure having you on the show. I'll stick the links in the show notes guys for you guys listening out there um, any particular direction you want to send them uh, Dr. Nima, other than your yeah. website here my website and uh, go ahead and jump into my uh, Facebook group uh, the yeah. link is right oh, there yeah. uh, it's called trigger proof it's just regulate stress and uh, strengthen immunity during crisis and so mm. giving you tools to return back to you when your tendency wants to leave okay cool mate thanks so much for coming on the show awesome thank you for having me guys check it all out at thehiddenwhy.com until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels, using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there. And also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. 
You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose. And in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is The Hidden Why. My name is Lee Martin Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.